Okay, Jordan. Welcome to season two of Kings of the Hill. Season two. Yeah, it's our first episode. We uh, we made it to the other side of the veil. I don't know. Wait, no, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jordan. I'm Jesse. Uh, I was born in Texas, and my Texas bona fide is that my dad is actually has two guns that he bought for me and my brother, and we're gonna we're gonna get them one day. And he's we've, we've he doesn't gone, trust you with them yet. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> but they're really cool. Nice. Yeah, they they have the F twenty two Raptor on the side, and yeah, I'm like custom made. Uh, I'm Jesse. I'm originally from Maine, and my New England bona fides this week is uh, I just signed up for <laughs> what bona fides? Like that would be the thing that the northeasterner would be like. No, I'm going to say this in the uh, correct pronunciation of the original Greek. Or like, <laughs> what what is bona fide or what or bona fides? What language is that? I don't know. Okay, but go on, go on being a stereotype. <laughs> Thanks. My way to prove I'm a New Englander this week is uh, I just signed up for a bunch of Red Sox podcasts. Oh, so, yeah. Baseball season is coming. Everyone's reported to spring training. And I lose track by mid-April every year. So yep. hopefully, thanks to a bunch of podcasts, I will actually keep <laughs> up with baseball for once. So far, all the discussion has been uh, Mookie Betts, guy playing first base. So Mookie is his like Christian name, right? <laughs> I believe his, that is his his given name on yes. his birth certificate. I believe so. Man, that's I mean like you know people make fun of like the names that people give each other or give their children these days, but Mookie yeah. is like another level. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So let's talk about the episode: how to fire a rifle without really trying. Uh, we get we get into some really fun gun stuff. What? Yeah. We haven't really had much gun stuff up until now yeah right? not not much in season one yeah it's kind of interesting that it took them 13 episodes to finally get to a to a gun episode maybe they're really saving it up yeah and they wanted like the whole kind of off season to get to the gun episode it's okay to line up the sides bobby it's not cheating turns out that the writers whenever they would come down to texas they would actually go and fire guns. Oh, like, really? Every time they came, and like the first time it was for uh, research, and then every time after it was just because it was so much fun. That's hilarious. Yeah, and beginning of the episode, they were talking about how they didn't want this to be the standard like liberal take on a gun episode. Like they don't even really talk. Like there's no character who's anti-gun in the episode. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, and the the plot that you typically see is someone breaks into the house, and then uh, Hank goes and buys a gun, and then he like almost shoots Bobby, and then he decides to get rid of the gun by the end of the episode. Yeah, and they were like, that just isn't gonna happen, and essentially, we're not gonna really question it because guns are a fact of life in Texas. Yeah, and so that's how we're gonna treat it, which I really appreciate. Like I'm sure, I'm sure, just you know, nature of the business probably half to seventy five percent of these people who wrote the show probably like had fundamental disagreements with it, but they wanted to treat the characters true to life. And so, they, yeah, well, and there were some things where, you know, that you could tell they were sort of making fun of gun culture. A little right. Bit, you know, yeah. The safety instructor missing a thumb and an eye. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, well, we did the safety instructor in a little bit. Yeah. But, yes. You know, things like that where it's like, okay, you're needling people a little bit. Yeah. But, well, they, they said they actually took out a lot more, um, a lot more gun, uh, satire. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, they're they're actually talking about how they're getting interviewed by this English newspaper, and they said that they thought it was hilarious how 
they had a child buying mm-hmm. a gun at a department store and they thought that that was great satire and they're like no <laughs> this is actually the case yeah. <laughs> in real life have you did they have did they have gun sections like up in new york and boston and stuff in the walmarts and yeah i think so I'm trying to envision the walmart that we were near yeah, I'm fairly certain it did. I didn't know if this was going to be like a regional thing. No, I mean, there wasn't really a Walmart in Boston. Really? No. Huh. Howdy, we start. Fair, yeah, we started the, the state fair with big techs. With big techs, which is you know, when Jordan and I, when we first started talking about this podcast, you know, I said there was a bunch of things that like I thought they just made up when I lived <laughs> back north and big techs was a one on that list. Yeah. Um. They, well, they, we've been to the state fair once, but I remember the first time we went, my wife and I looked at each other and went, oh, that's a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make it up for their show. Yeah, and there's actually an episode where Luann goes up inside Big Tech's and is like protesting with a megaphone that they took propane or they disqualified propane out of the state fair cook-off. Right. Did you have you seen the have you seen the video of Big Tex on fire? Yeah, from and when he burned like, down. Still talking. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Although now we have the, like, sponsored Big Tex, where he's got, like, you know, the big Wrangler logo on his shirt and stuff <laughs> when they rebuilt okay. him, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I feel like that's that's probably a perfect distillation of our society. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Wrangler. <laughs> That'd be funny if, like, Wrangler was, if y'all want to Wrangler up some fried dough, oh, head on down I to... I hope not. That would be horrible. <laughs> but for enough sponsorship money, yeah, people would do anything. Try us. <laughs> So in this episode, we kind of get that constant Bobby is like terrible at everything that Hank loves. Yeah. Bobby's the the permanent screw up. Right. Yeah. And and I love the the quote where after Bobby throws the baseball into the stuffed animals and knocks everything (laughs) over and he says, Uh, Bobby, you better let me throw that last one. This man here is trying to run a business. (laughs) Yeah. But as soon as we go to the, the rifle stand... Like that whole kind of dynamic yeah. gets flipped on its head, which is pretty great. It happens, I think, a couple times in the series. There's there's this episode, and then there's uh, Bobby becomes a meat judger, and that's like way later in the series. Oh, really? It's one of the last, I think it was like last yeah. season, and he's like fantastic. And so, <laughs> actually, every time, uh, every time the Texas Tech team wins the meat judging contest, because we always win, I always post that picture of Bobby in his like gear. <laughs> inspecting a piece of meat on nice. the on the official page and i get like 80 likes bobby what's in your mouth look dad i'm the commish oh yeah so while we're throwing the ping pong balls um bobby puts them in his mouth and he's like look i'm the commish <laughs> i did not get the reference you didn't get the, oh dang I was it's a tv were... show i know that yeah is is it no there was a tv show in the 80s called the commish yeah that's what I'm looking up right now. Oh, yeah. Michael Chiklis? Michael Chiklis. Is he the commish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once we're at the <laughs> rifle part of that, is that all we're going to say about it? Is there anything else? No. <laughs> what? It's just such an awkward transition. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, okay, so it looks like it was Michael Chiklis. Um, <laughs> awkward transitions. So we when we're at the... We're at the uh, Rifle range. When Bobby lines up the sights, he kind of gets into this like heartbeat mode, and we see the the like line of sight of the rifle, and it's almost like the movie American Sniper. 
or something or like this like really dramatic war movie yeah we get that same kind of uh we get the same shot a lot throughout this episode actually i wonder yeah. if that's a specific reference to i don't know or maybe it's just a trope reference yeah it's, it's just been in everything yeah and so we find out that that uh that Bobby is really good at shooting adorable little animals. Yeah. Which we found out in the car. Then another duck came up and he killed that one. And then I killed another one too. Yep, that's right. He must have killed a thousand ducks. No, a thousand ducks? Well, that is wonderful. Did you kill any bunnies? And he's also taking home an Eeyore, uh, a stuffed <laughs> Eeyore. I don't know if that really, maybe it was just like a random thing, but I don't know. But if yeah, clearly Bobby has this like inherent skill that no one had ever realized before yeah where he's a total sharpshooter well i mean that just kind of happens a lot throughout the series it's like bobby just has this random thing that he's great at yeah and so so naturally like hank is like excited that he finally has something to connect with the sun over yeah and he wants to buy bobby a gun the boy shows a real talent for shooting peggy this could be his sport we should get him a rifle and bobby is too young to own a rifle it is too dangerous He's 12. He hasn't been too young for five years. <laughs> Which says, I guess, seven is, uh... Yeah. Seven is the age. Seven is the age. But then, what about the gun he got for his birthday last season? From Cotton. Where did that gun go? What's well, a shotgun. It's not a rifle. You can't shoot You can't shoot a shooting competition with a shotgun. But still. Yeah. Seems like the gunfight would have been... The is Bobby told for a gun argument would have been had... Yeah. Then they had to deal with a lot of stuff around cotton, right? <laughs> well, because she she kind of takes it away already, like right? Yeah, she sort of took it then. Yeah, but it seems like it would it was a fight they'd already had, right? So it was just interesting to be sort of rehashing that argument. Yeah, it but was yeah, a fight between was... Peggy and Cotton, and now it's a fight between Hank and right Peggy. When was the first time you fired a gun? I probably when I was like seven, eight, nine. That I like held one at some point, but I remember sort of an incident similar to the oh, uh, no. huh oh no. <laughs> no 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 similar to the game where like the house I grew up in or one of the houses you know I was probably ten twelve something like that and there was like a little patio way out at the end of the backyard and it had a light post out there that my dad was going to be taking out. And it was like woods out behind the house, so he was just sort of had a little pistol and he was taking shots at the at the light post, <laughs> you know. And he was, you know, he was hitting you know, maybe a couple, two, three out of six, you know. Mm-hmm. And I went out there and standing in the same spot, you know, out on the sunroom, just like four or five out of six. Nice. <laughs> I was like ping, 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 ping. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was probably like twelve or so. Did you play Doom when you were a kid? Oh yeah, I think kids are better shooters now. Because of first-person shooters. Because I actually... So, I think the first time I, I shot a gun was at, at church camp. <laughs> and, God bless Texas. Yeah. And uh, maybe it wasn't the first... Yeah, I think it was. Because we started with BBs, and then when you, know, when you got to be like... In fifth grade, I think he could shoot... The, <laughs> I was about to say, when you made it to 10. Yeah, so when you made yeah, it to 10, you could shoot the rifle. <laughs> I actually won like the medal, or the... I won the pin for like best shooter nice. that week, and it and we had just gotten an N64, and I'd played the crap out of Goldeneye, and actually, uh, my parents banned me from Goldeneye for like a week or two because I was there's this one like the first the second second level, 
you saw it in the vents above the bathroom and I would just like get the gun out and I would shoot the guy who is in the yeah. stall and I would like cackle. And then I also, uh, there's this part where you'd get in a tank and whenever you ran over the civilians, their bones would crunch and you could hear it. And I would also laugh hysterically at that. And so my parents were just kind of terrified. And so they, they're like, uh, no, yeah, this is, is our son, the psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I think there's just a certain, like, just like the basics of aiming and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just kind of ingrained into our like video game culture now. And so I think kids are probably yeah, pretty good know. shots. Cause just from that, like times when I shot were largely before I started playing video games, mm. or at least like first person shooter style yeah. games. Cause that was all later when I was like 14, 15, 16. Yeah. There might be no correlation, but, or no causation. Yeah. There's definitely a correlation though. I listen to podcasts about statistics, so I know, <laughs> I know words. Uh-uh, no. It is just not age appropriate. It would be like like giving Boggle to an eight-year-old, even though the box says that's okay. Oh, we get another Boggle reference in the, uh, when they're talking about guns. Oh, yes. Yeah. But yeah, and, you know, I really thought it was interesting, you know, Hank's comment of, you know, he's just not good at stuff. And then he goes into, like, this really maudlin, like, cats in the cradle reference. Yeah. Before <laughs> yeah. Bobby grows up and has a, has a propane business of his own. <laughs> yeah. And cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> I never understood the cats. Is it like the baby's out of the house and so the cat sleeps in the cradle? Have you never listened to the song? Uh, I don't. I mean, I've heard the song. I just didn't know what it No, it's meant. basically like the son's growing up and the dad doesn't have time for him. And the dad's like, yeah, you know, someday we'll go. We'll have fun. We'll do stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the son grows up and leaves the house. And the dad's sitting there going, I want to spend time with you. And the son's like, yeah, when you get older. Or not when you get older, but yeah, I'm busy and I've got kids of my own and a job. And oh. so it's this like perpetual cycle of I don't have time for you. Oh, I see. I um, usually don't listen to words until about <laughs> like the 10, 10th listen. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's basically... Dad doesn't have time for the son. Son grows up. Son doesn't have time for the dad. Oh, okay. Well, it's kind of funny that the whole thing where he like thinks he's going to get a propane business. It's still that, I guess, antiquated now notion of like the, the, the generational business yeah, yeah. thing that, or at least gener- generational trade that we use almost non-existent. It's like, no, unless you're somebody who's independently wealthy and right. You know, just passing on wealth yeah. pretty much. Do you know in the, the really value family businesses over in Japan and they will like some people will actually like find someone who's really good at their job and they will adopt that person. Oh, really? And then hand the business over to them. Wow. I always thought this was a crack house. Oh, so we, we get the the gun club. Uh, yes. we get the Have you ever been to a gun club? No. I don't think I have either. We actually were going to get somebody who is a gun enthusiast on the podcast. Because I, I guess neither of us would really be classified as gun enthusiasts. Do you no. own a gun? Uh, No. I really love this episode's gun culture that they kind of create. Or that they don't even create it. They just kind of shed light on. Yeah, yeah. And, and bring to life. Cause, and it's not even... I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely... They're kind of like poking at the gun club but it's not super crazy people dale's okay maybe they all are um (laughs) i was i was trying to make the case and i was like no actually pretty much everyone we come into contact with the gun club is pretty nutso um dale doesn't seem so crazy because we know him and yeah sort of he's the lovable nutcase at this point yeah but i I really love how 
Hank would rather pay $2 to go on the firing range than join the gun club. <laughs> which that, is free for life. <laughs> which is free for life and has a, uh, and has like a, a head, a, the head of a rat yeah, <laughs> like on, on the, the wall. On the wall. And, and the, and the same token, we also get the, the safety instructor who's like missing a thumb and missing yep. an eye and is also <laughs> talking about the best excuses to use whenever you have an accident with a gun. Yeah. I didn't know it was loaded is not an acceptable excuse. I wasn't there, or I never met those people are better excuses. Um, but I love how, how Hank, like Hank's attitude towards gun safety is that he's like, why don't we get you into one of those safety courses? And if you're still interested after they've taken all the fun out of it, then we'll see about the ponchos and the uh, tournament. So I really thought it was interesting when they're at the range and shooting, you know, Bobby's still totally got dead on aim mm-hmm. and then hank goes into his like super creepy flashback yeah of him and cotton like <laughs> cotton trying to teach him how to shoot uh, as a kid bobby's age someday soon all of you will be drafted in the war some of you like hank will be killed others can shoot and may become war heroes now commence to firing <laughs> I think the writers were, and in the commentary, they said that they eventually learned that there was nothing too mean for Cotton to say. They eventually yeah. learned they just he could say, like anything, and yeah. it was true to the character. Yeah, like certain people running for president. Right. <laughs> you fellas entering the tournament at the county club? Because if you are, maybe I'll save myself the entry fee. What tournament? Father Son Fun Shoot. It's sponsored by the Arlen Endowment for the Arts. So as we're at the gun range, we learn there's going to be a father-son shooting tournament. Yes. Sponsored by the Arlen Arts Council. (laughs) (laughs) You did not see that. Which I was like, oh, that's so a thing you could not get away with outside of Texas. Yeah. Or maybe Oklahoma. (laughs) Right. Man, that is so funny. I can't believe I missed that. I I didn't realize how many visual gags there were until we started doing this podcast. Because I think Simpsons is known for its visual gags, yeah. but King of the Hill just has just as many. Like for instance, uh, like whenever Bobby after Bobby gets into guns, he reads "Pleasure, Kill, and Leisure." Yes. And the next episode, we get Hank reading like Propane Illustrated. Yep. What about shooting after dinner? No, no, you don't want to exercise on a full stomach. Hank's making up excuses and trying to basically just be a buzzkill. Right. You know. And and Bobby keeps wanting like, he he. Most of his um, most of his reasons are time based, and so Bobby's like saying, "Well, maybe we could go before school. Maybe we could go after school. Maybe yeah. we could go. Maybe I could take the guns to school, and we could squeeze off a few rounds between classes." You shouldn't take guns to school with you; they're dangerous. Guns are dangerous. Which actually, so I mean, you know, guns weren't allowed on campus whenever I was in school, but. Like, I kind of lived out in, like, a country community. And yeah. so kids would go hunting on the weekends. And they would have the... I mean, like, they'd have their gun racks on their trucks. Yeah. Like, already installed. And, like, you know, some of them would, like, forget that they, like, left their shotgun in the bed of their truck at school. Wow. And so they'd, like, sometimes they'd be found and they'd have to go take them home. Or, like, sometimes someone's like, oh, I forgot my gun in their truck. And they'd, like run out of class and try the yeah. home and whereas nowadays you'd have a SWAT team at the school. Yeah. Well I mean it was still I mean like this was post Columbine. So I mean it was yeah. still kind of a was still kind of a thing. But I think there was probably a little bit of that 
Now, son, why don't you take on that, that gun on home? Mm-hmm. Remember next time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went to high school in the suburbs. Like, yeah. suburbs airing on the side of, like, right next to the city. Well, first 10 years of my life, I was, like, right next to downtown. And then we moved yeah. out to the country. I, I still felt kind of like an outsider on some of this. I was like, this is just super weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, like, where my dad's family's from, like, up in northern Maine, mm-hmm. like... I may have talked about this before, but like it's basically rednecks up there. Like, yeah, that's what I've, you know. Well, I've heard that like Vermont is kind of like your buttoned up. Well, Vermont's of, very hippy dippy. Yeah, you know, it's Bernie Sanders land. Okay, you know, and then is um, it New Hampshire that's like? Yeah, New Hampshire is like super libertarian. You know, mm-hmm. live free or die is on their license. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and then Southern Maine is kind of like a mix between the two. Mm-hmm. And then northern Maine is like very country, like you know, it's it's almost like the South and the North, hmm. if that makes sense. That's funny. Well, I um, heard that even in Rhode Island, like people are like, "Yeah, all them rednecks down in South Rhode Island." <laughs> it's like you guys have three counties. Yeah, no, Rhode Island can't talk about anything because literally you can drive from any point in Rhode Island to any other point in Rhode Island in thirty minutes. Yeah. Like it is the it's a postage stamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we get so whenever Hank says they're dangerous, Dale peeks around the corner. He's like, "What? Oh, brother. What? Uh, what's this about guns being dangerous? Well, that's right. They kill people. Guns don't kill people. The government does. Oh, Hank, guns have been around for years. If they were dangerous, I just think someone would have said something. And well, but I- it's interesting how that discussion really upsets Bobby. For a minute, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like he gets super concerned. Like guns are bad. Like guns are dangerous. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what I think my favorite part of the conversation is how um, Hank creates this like moral dilemma inside of Dale. Let me ask you this: A guy breaks into your house, but you don't have a gun. How are you going to shoot him? Dale, that's right out of the NRA magazine August issue. The NRA is a Washington, D.C.-based organization. Are you telling me you support Washington, D.C.? That's a thinker. Which, yeah, like you get, like so many people are pro-NRA, but they're like, man, the government and like all these stuff. And it's like, isn't the NRA like the largest lobbyist there is? Yeah, yeah, they're one of the biggest lobbying organizations there are. Yeah. I'm a little confused here. How are you going to win that shooting contest without a rifle? Haven't you been listening to me? I'm not going to shoot in any contest. Sorry, Bobby. He tells Bobby that he won't go, and so Bobby, yeah. like, solemnly throws away his hunting vest that he's been wearing for the past two weeks and then takes off his hunting pants <laughs> and throws them away. And then we get this... Amazing shot of Bobby leaning up against a tree, pantless, yeah. with a gun, <laughs> looking forlorn. Yeah. Which probably is not an uncommon sight in parts of Texas. Right. It's a thing that happens. Yeah. Uh, go get your clothes out of the trash. We'll need them for the contest. You mean it, Dad? You'll shoot with me? Yeah! On your team, we have to win! You never lost anything in your life. Well, Bobby, you can't always expect to win. (laughs) No, Dad, I promise. I won't choke. Sometimes people choke, Bobby. We just got to be proud that God took the time to give us a fault. That's loser talk. You taught me that. Which, you know, good on Hank. He sees how upset it's making Bobby. Mm -hmm. Agrees to to join the contest. Um, 
But this so, is where where Peggy finds out that Gun can't that Hank can't shoot. Right. Because they have a real deep conversation about what's going on and yeah, you know. Yeah, he sort of bears his soul to her about why he can't shoot. <laughs> and the whole thing's like kind of treated like an impotence. Like, right. I still love you. <laughs> but this is sort of like um, the guitar episode, where it's not something we've ever seen before. Yeah. But Peggy seems to make it sound like Hank is like obsessed with guns. Yeah. This one feels more realistic, I guess. Yeah. Just because we live in Texas. And <laughs> so it's just kind of like Texas. assumed, I think. Or just kind of like the conservative kind of like male thing. It's like, you know, just kind of loves guns. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I think there's been like maybe like throwaway lines here and there about how he like is pro-gun and stuff. But I, I can see okay. it. It's, def- it's definitely a lot more forgivable than. It's the, just uh, more assumed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's, as part of the culture yeah. like a, and a cultural assumption. But oh yeah, we actually were so we got we got in trouble uh, in episode five saying that Hank never picks up the guitar again. He actually does pick it up in two other episodes. Okay, throughout the thirteen years. So sorry, <laughs> but yeah, How did I you mean, not like, know that Jordan. Come on, yeah, I know. Sorry, uh, man. If remembering was a skill, I'm really bad at that skill. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> no hill's ever been a loser. We fought for Texas at the Alamo. Um, we also find out that the Hills fought at the Alamo later in the episode. Oh yeah, yeah, which is actually comes comes back to in another. Oh really? Episode where Hank goes to the that we've talked about this. Where Hank goes to the Alamo is after he finds out that he was born in Yankee Stadium, and then oh, he yeah. sees the uh, New York flag at the Alamo. Maybe I can help you. I'm a sports psychologist. I worked with the Cowboys. When? Last season. Goodbye. Um, oh, we haven't talked about Wallace Shawn as the sports psychologist. Yeah, that's like the next scene. So yeah. After we're back at back at the range for more practice, Hank's there early in the morning trying to trying to figure out how to shoot. Yeah. And Wallace Shawn is like an ambulance chaser version of a sports psychologist because he comes yeah. early to the range where uh, all the people who are terrible come, so they don't have to be seen by all the other yep. shooters. And then late in the day to the bowling alley. I really liked this. Uh, the sports psychologist. Yeah. Um, I think that was like a really great addition. And I and love, if, oh, what's the name of the guy who voices him? Wallace Shawn. That, that was the guy. Oh. That, oh, I said, I, I don't know if we ever get his name. Do we get his name? Yeah, we have to. But it's the guy who does Inconceivable. Yeah, it's the Inconceivable guy. From... It's the Inconceivable guy. And, and also the uh, My Dinner with Andre guy. Haven't seen it. Oh, what it's kind it? of, it's one of those arty farty movies oh, where okay. it's uh, two dudes sitting that, a, the entire, the entire movie is two guys at dinner and they're talking. Okay. And then he leaves. And that's the entire movie. And it's like See, it's just a conversation. Since he's the guy from Princess Bride, I thought it was going to be some documentary about how he was friends with Andre the Giant. Oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So yeah. as soon as you said Andre in relation to him, I assumed it had something to do with Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's like the the Princess Bride version of uh, Heart of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Andre the Giant was a monster. He set the boat on fire. He almost killed Carrie Elvis. I love the detail that he was the sports psychologist for the Dallas Cowboys last season. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this is kind of uh, we get Hank's attitudes towards psychology here, right? Which is a really pretty spot on capturing of a lot of the attitude towards kind of like psychoanalysis and all that stuff is like mixing it up between 
witchcraft and like all right here's the deal i don't believe in that gobbledygook about a subconscious or any other witchcraft hmm. i won't take pills i won't let you hypnotize or molest me and i was just kind of like distrusting it and thinking of it as like hippy dippy and yeah yeah and it's pretty they actually talk about in the commentary how like in the in the first couple seasons they just introduced like small elements so they had a whole episode about guns but they also introduced Hank's attitudes on psychology mm-hmm. and like father-son relationships yeah. type of stuff in one episode. And then like later on in the series, they did whole shows based on like... Like there's one where he and Peggy go to a marriage counselor. Yeah. And there's... Yeah. And so um, they're talking about how they kind of like planted seeds in the first several seasons. And then there are entire episodes where they just kind of like elaborate on one theme. So we get kind of like our, our first introduction of psychoanalysis and gosh what is that guy who's the guy who does he's the phallic guy um what's his name guy who started all this oh sigmund freud sigmund freud yeah we kind of get like the the freudian <laughs> the phallic guy whenever i start to shoot even aim i i remember me as a boy my dad behind me yelling and i always let him down i was so scared of hank please you're wasting valuable session time so once we get to the actual session of them working on Hank's shooting, like Hank kind of pulls up the, pulls up the, the dart gun. And then he, he starts to hear Cotton's voice in his head, Mm -hmm. getting those flashbacks again. He puts it down and he starts to kind of like pour out his soul in his, his father issues and how, how it probably affects his shooting. And that's the root of the problem. And then the sports psychologist like stops, like stop, we're wasting time. Work on your visualization. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was one of those special King of the Hill moments. That come on, Dad, let's go bag us a trophy and uh, have fun. <laughs> so we finally get to the fun shoot, and the whole opening is all these ladies in like bikinis shooting <laughs> guns. Now I have to say, I watched this episode at work on my lunch break <laughs> <laughs> with other people in the staff lounge. Yeah, and which. I was like, King of the Hill, this will be fine. Yeah. And then it's like, all these women in bikinis <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> so I was just sitting there sort of blocking the screen yeah, a little like, bit. <laughs> nothing to see here. No, no. Well, apparently that was based on the series of VHS tapes that were available, where it was women like women in bikinis shooting shooting machine guns in the desert. <laughs> and you could just buy wow. this, these like videos of women. Because that's what every red-blooded American male wants, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's interesting in the lead up to the contest, you know, as they get there, Bobby's all gung ho. You come on, Dad, let's go bag us a trophy and uh, have fun, (laughs) which is a total inverse of their usual uh, mo. You know, normally Mm -hmm. Hank's the type A, like, yeah, let's get this, you know, rah rah, and Bobby's sort of the the flighty goof off. Yeah, and here they're totally inverted. Yeah, like I think Hank is used to being pretty good at everything. Right. We finally get to something where Hank's not good at, and so he just kind of completely folds on all of his. He hasn't really had to deal with a whole lot of adversity. Sorry, I'm late. I had to stop by the wax museum again and give the finger to FDR. So much to Hank's chagrin, Cotton shows up. Yeah. My dad always tells this joke that his like. Great uncle told him, "Do you hear about the man who went to? Uh, he went to the judge. He's like, Judge, I'd like to get my name changed. He's like, What's your name? He's like, 
Franklin Delano sh**. He's like, well, I can see why you'd want to change it. What do you want to change it to? Joe sh**. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> wow. My head's in a weird place right now. Yeah, it it's is. so hot. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Oh, you should probably take the lead on this. <laughs> I'll just add color comments. Okay. So as we're going through the contest, um, you know, Hank is sort of in his zone. You know, they're both shooting well, including the be roused out of bed and shoot the intruder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With your gun hiding under your... Yeah. Yeah. Which clearly has, you know, Bobby just sort of shooting right past Hank's head. Yeah, I was like, I was like, watching this. Actually, there's a lot of um, times in this uh, episode where you just see people, like, as they're talking, they put the gun off, like, kind of slant off to the side, and it's pointing right at right somebody's at somebody. head. Oh, yeah. Which is like, if All you've ever time. been shooting a gun, is like, rule number one. Right. Well, you also have the instructor who, like, runs out in the middle of the range to <laughs> oh, yeah. show off Bobby's great target. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, um, it makes it makes a lot of sense if that's your safety instructor. Right. Grandpa, you came! I'm always here to support my Bobby. I'll give you a shoulder to cry on. You'll need one, won't he, Hank? As a matter of fact, we're tied for first. You know, they're tied for first going into the last event, uh, which is where we have Cotton arrive, and he informs them, I got money riding on this shot. On the McKay's. Yeah. Which are their... Their big rival, and it's interesting how Hank goes into this really long self-talk before yeah. that last shot. Yeah, uh, and then misses it. Right, it's a lot of build-up, and it's <laughs> yeah. like you think like it's kind of like this music's playing. You think that it's gonna be yeah uh, the big hero shot. Yeah, and then and a very unceremonious right miss. Which I mean, yeah, this is a really great King of the Hill ending. It's a really like a subversion, and then we all but we also still get the emotional resonance with like bobby still being super excited right he's so so happy they got second place yeah when you look at this you think it's it's a gun episode but like most episodes in king of the hill it's more like a family relationship like father son right it's totally dynamic an episode about like hank hank coming over his fear and then hank and being able to enjoy something with bobby even if he's not good at it yeah yeah well you almost think for a second there that it's going to be about hank exercising the demons of his father yeah but he doesn't really because it, it still gets to him and he loses because of it yeah but it's like he's able to connect with his son right and and like enjoy something with him together and connect with them in a way that he hasn't been able to before because yeah. like they don't have a whole lot of shared interests right and yeah they close with you know they get the, the thumbs up from the thumbless instructor <laughs> yeah which i thought was great <laughs> and then they walk off into the sunset i feel like ice cream that sounds good uh, where'd we park? That way. We forgot Mom. Oh, well, let's go get her. Yeah, which I was like, did they just have time to fill? Or what was going on with that? No, I think it was was the, uh... I mean, so you want they wanted to like really subvert the walking off into the sunset. Okay. Thing. So this is actually in the commentary, and they said that it was actually seven times longer. Oh they actually my had gosh. a whole lot of things of them like walking back and forth, and so it was right. like the they were the the oh wait oh we have to go back to the, the cars over here. Yeah, oh, the cars over there. Oh, we forgot Peggy. <laughs> oh, let's go back and get her. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, super awkward ending, which was yeah. kind of fun. Like like you were saying with the with the the silence and like the um the talk that Hank gives himself, where it's like a really quiet part of the episode. Um, they were really like we've talked about this before, but like with Greg Daniels and stuff, they were really exploring like the silence mm-hmm. in cartoons. Because I mean, this is way before you get. I mean, we we kind of think of like Family Guy as like loud and brash, but like they also did a lot of long silent takes, right? Like purely visual stuff. And I kind of have to think that some of King of the Hill paved the way for oh, that sure. a little bit. Even though I don't know if I really want to attribute anything that King of the Hill did to the success of Family Guy because that would not a, not a huge fan. But oh, they were saying that the the uh, the network was always coming back with them to be like, yeah, you need to make this like a lot more obvious. And the, you know, like the common saying in, in storytelling is like show don't tell, or at least mm-hmm. in visual storytelling is show don't tell. And they, they would always have to come back and be like, now remember tell don't show <laughs> because they would always get network notes. Yeah. They would just be too subtle ratings ratings. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to say full tank for this episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think it got gun subculture. Well, I think it got the father son relationship down really well. And yeah, I think all around really funny, really tight episode. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go like seven eighths to full tank. Like mm-hmm. it was, you know, really well executed. I think you had both the pro gun and sort of poking at the pro gun movement a little yeah. bit, you know, I thought it was a really good balance of that stuff. Um, you know, and then the Hank Bobby story, um, you know, I thought it was great. Just that, you know, Hank learning to enjoy something because Bobby's good at it, even if he's not. And, you know, working through his issues with his own dad and, and all of that. So, yeah, I'd say like seven eights. Yeah. Um, really, really solid episode. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about, let's get feedback. So this is a, uh, here's our, what we got on the Reddit page. Rusty XJ says, How to Fire Rifle is my favorite episode ever. Oh. Lane Prattley Hyundai, friend of the show. Oh, yeah. He says that he loved how, how Bobby always thought that the gun club was a crack house. Yes. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> Which a lot of gun clubs, you kind of go out and it's just like, this is... Yeah, somebody's cooking meth in here. Yeah. <laughs> Which to all of our firearm enthusiasts, we're joking. <laughs> well, I mean... said. They're always just kind of like makeshift structures. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Let's be real. Or like, and every like every uh, firing range is always like a, a steel sided building, in like a complex or something. It looks like I don't know. It's not a. I don't think um, beauty is what they're going for. With a lot of no, those that's not their driving goal. Yeah, it's a very it's a very uh, utilitarian. utilitarian. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if you yeah. have any more, uh, make sure you're keeping up with the Reddit page, and yep. you can post your thoughts there on each episode. Can email us Kings of the Hill Podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us. We've we've been getting a lot more tweets lately. Oh, uh, have we? Yeah, we have. Sweet. Um, people reposting our episodes and giving us shout outs and stuff. Uh sending us corrections and uh <laughs> I think yeah, in fact on Twitter is how we found out that uh Dale's point of view shot in episode thirteen was a reference to Buffalo Bill's POV at the end of Silence of the Lambs. And that was from Dan Diagostino. Nice. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. And also Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Have you been checking up with the Facebook page? Uh, I've been checking in. Uh, need to post more. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's probably a general rule across all of our social media yeah, yeah. platforms. 
Cool. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one. Holy <laughs> freaking break. forget the last time I shot a 22, but I'll bet you there was a Texan in the White House. And I ain't talking about Herbert Walker Bush either.